Greetings one and all wherever you are in the universe and welcome to the latest episode of an espresso shot of confidence. The podcast that explores confidence from all angles, challenges taboos and unhelpful narratives and empowers you to be awesome loudly and proudly. It's time for you to grab yourself a drink, get settled in. It's the holiday season after all, so why not get us mug of mulled wine or something festive or a nice hot chocolate, whatever it is, settle in. I'm your host, the master of awesomeness, Ashley Griffiths. And today we're going to be talking all about the crazy year that's been 2023. The lessons learned and what to take forwards into 2024. As you listen to this episode, we're very much firmly into the holiday season. That period of time after Christmas where people take the time to reflect on what's gone before. The year that has just passed or is just about to come to a conclusion. And looking ahead to what's coming up in 2024. And in amongst all of that, we get lost in the whole new year, new you bullshit. You know, the stuff that happens is the 26th of December. You're fat, aren't you? You better come to Slimming World. All of that crap. The guilt starts. What do you mean you didn't buy the universe for your kids this Christmas? Well, here's a sale for you. You know how it goes. I, I literally do not go anywhere where you can find an ad, although that's becoming extremely difficult these days. Um, but I just switch off this time of the year. It it just becomes too much, you know, it, seeing adverts, listening to people lying to themselves about the fact that they're going to do something and stick to it, even though they don't want to be that that diet plan, going to the gym, quitting smoking, making that big, huge change that in their heart, they know full well, they're not going to do it. It's a time full of guilt. It's a time full of lack and it's time full of scarcity. And the marketing world takes advantage of that. So for me, I'm looking ahead. I don't think, okay, when I wake up New Year's Day, things are going to change. Yes, as with any things, when you come to an end of a cycle, be that an arbitrary one or not, there is always that sense of things coming to a conclusion and things potentially beginning again. And I'll openly admit that I won't be sad to see the back of 2023. But as I sit here, think about it despite the fact it's been a very challenging year on a business and a personal level i'm sitting here now feeling the lightest i felt in a very long time i have a clarity that i haven't had in years and feel a genuine sense of peace and excitement about what is to come next So despite all the challenges that 2023 has thrown, 
I'm grateful for them. I'm thankful for them. And I'll explain more as the episode continues. So here's a question for you. If you could describe your 2023 in one word, what would you choose? What would be the word that truly encapsulates the year that you've had? Be that in business, be that in life, personally, professionally. What word would truly capture the year that you've had? Now, you may be tempted when I ask you that question to just go straight impulse answer with shit. Amazing. Awful. Anasoribulous. But take a moment to truly reflect before you answer that question. Think about where you were on the 1st of January 2023 and where you are now when you're hearing this, either on or on or after the 27th of December. Really take a moment to think about that. So, and I'll ask you again, what one word would you use to describe your 2023? For me, when I was putting together the outline for this show, I wrote down the word learning. Because by God, this year it's been full of them, full of lessons, full of huge lessons. And I'll share some of those with you in a minute. But now as I, as I contemplated that question, as I was asking you those questions, I would have to say it was growth or even freedom would describe 2023 because that is ultimately the biggest lesson I have learned this year. An awareness of the sabotaging thoughts that I had, the beliefs, the subconscious beliefs, the subconscious actions and behaviors that were driving every aspect and sabotaging virtually every aspect of my life. I saw them. I learned where they came from. I learned what their operating system, what it was actually trying to achieve. I learned all about that. I saw them face to face. As Matt Haig said in his comfort book, you gain true strength when you look at your demons face to face. And this year, that's what I did. And at times when I was down in the trenches, it was ugly. It was ugly. It was horrible. I've had some of the lowest spells. I've had prolonged low spells I've had in years. But I needed to go those places. I knew what I was doing. I made a conscious decision last year that I was going to go to those places. And I knew it was going to be hard. But I went to those places. 
And it was hard. And by actually going to the root, going to the place where my doubts and fears and insecurities and anxieties came from, and having dialogues with that part of myself, reframing old thought patterns that I've been carrying around since I was literally a baby, led to the freedom. And now I have a sense of wonder, excitement, peace that I haven't had in a very long time. So let me share some of these lessons from this year. There's five lessons. And I've chosen these particular lessons because they were very important in my journey. But I know for a fact that they'll resonate with some of you out there that some of you really need to maybe apply some of these lessons. I'm not going to sit here and say, you should do these things. I know for a fact that some of you will be listening to this and going, yeah, yeah, I need to do that. But from experience, knowing that you need something sometimes isn't enough. You have to want that need as well. When you have a feeling of want, there's a lot more power and strength to that because it gets the ego kicks in and makes it happen. Your subconscious will want to make that happen as well. But like I was saying, as you listen to some of these lessons, you may be sitting there thinking, yep, yep, that's me. I'd like to make that change. Now, I'd invite you to do that because thinking about it is only half the job or sometimes less than that. It takes action to facilitate change. And that starts with a belief in your ability to make that change, which sometimes can be a challenge if your self-esteem has taken a beating, your confidence has taken a beating, or you're doing something for the first time, you're dancing outside of your comfort zone. But while you're thinking about it, I invite you to think about this. Know that you can do it. If you want to, you have all the resources to make it happen. It might not be comfortable to start with, it might suck. You might hate it. You might kick and scream about it because it's so far outside of your comfort zone. But battle through. Keep going. If you've got a true commitment to making that change, you will. You will. You'll learn that you've got resilience that you never even knew existed within you. And you can make that change happen. This coming year, I'm going to make some changes because it's time. It's time. And I've spent this year making sure the foundations are not built on quicksand. That the beliefs are rooted in 
who I am today, not who I was 20 years ago. The same is true for you. Think about who you are now. Who are you now? How have you got here? What do you actually want to do next? And then know that you can make that happen. You can do it. I'm going to be cheering for you every step of the way. I'm going to be cheering for myself as well because, like I said earlier on, it's time. It's time to make certain changes. On that note, let's go back to my original word for this year, which is learning. And let me share five lessons with you from this year. Now, I've already alluded to the first one, but 2023 really taught me this inglorious technicolor. You can take the business out of a person, away from a person, but you can't take the person out of a business. In 2023, that has numerous connotations, but let me reflect on two of them. Number one, if you are in bad shape on a personal level, that will impact your business. If you're using your business as a coping mechanism for whatever's happening in your personal life, either now or in the past, it will have an impact on you and it will have an impact on your business. If you are prone to self-sabotage, that will have an impact on your business because you will not show up as the highest version of yourself. You may not even show up at all. If you're tired, if you're exhausted, if you are stressed, if you're depressed, if you're anxious, if you doubt yourself, if you have low self-esteem, all of these things will impact your business because you cannot remove the two. If you are self-employed, if you're a small business owner, a micro business owner, you are your business. Now you can dress it up all you want. You can hide behind it all you want. But at some point, you will need to address whatever's going on for you individually. Now you don't look after yourself. Your business will suffer. You don't look after yourself and what... You don't take care of what's going on around you, your environment, your family, your friends, and you just bed yourself into your business, you will suffer. It's all about finding balance. That mystical creature we call work-life balance, whatever the fuck that means. But balance is key here. Like the whole yin-yang. You know, I know people that work very hard, but they put boundaries in place that enable them to have a successful business, but also a successful family life, a successful social life, a successful community life. When I go online and I hear all this hustle crap, no, no sleep till you're dead crap, I roll my eyes because it is not sustainable in any way, shape or form. At some point, you will get a receipt if you don't sleep. If you're 
existing on a diet of coffee and crap snacks and not moving, you will get a receipt. The longer it goes on, the, the more impactful that receipt will be. As I'm talking about that, I really want to reflect on a, a moment with my niece earlier on this year. When I was in the trenches, I was truly in the trenches. Like, I wasn't looking after myself. And at the same time, I was trying to push ahead with my business. I was burnt out. I was exhausted. I was tired. I was chasing my goddamn tail. My body was screaming for a break. And the thing that broke me, the thing that, and I mean this in a very good way, was when my niece came into my office the one day and said, Ash, you look tired. You look sad. Would you come on holiday with me? And I guarantee you, by doing that, it flicked a reset. And when I flicked that reset, things started slowly and then more quickly falling back into place. Because I turned off my phone, turned off social media, and I went and enjoyed life. And you know what happened afterwards? The business sales started coming in. Opportunities came in. My bank balance all of a sudden, whereas in the summer I was thinking, well, I'm going to have to go get a job. Now I'm good. I'm good again. And I'm thinking of ways to move forwards in exciting new ways in the year ahead, the years ahead. Not just next year. I'm not intending to retire at the end of next year, although that would be quite nice. But there's work to be done. There's impact to be had. And, and I found a purpose now that I truly believe in. But I go off on a tangent. The, the fact of the matter is you need to take care after yourself, which leads very nicely into my second lesson, which is prioritizing self-care is not selfish. I saw so many posts on LinkedIn just before Christmas with people saying, take the time off. And people going, well, I feel guilty. You know, what, what, what about my customers? What would they think? And I felt compelled to reply to one of them. And I said, it's quite simple. You tell your clients when you're available. If they're good clients, they'll go bloody good. Go and have a great time. We'll see you in a few days. If they give you grief and expect you to be working on Christmas Day, it's time to reevaluate your relationship with that client. Because they clearly don't value you and they don't value your time and they probably don't value themselves if they're continuing, if they're working all the way through. Now, I know in some businesses, there is that expectation where you need to be on. I, I get that. But in this particular business, that... I didn't see it. There had to be boundaries in, in place. She was tired. She works by herself. And I was like, you've got to look after your business. You've got to look after yourself. But 
there's just so much, there seems to be so much guilt around taking time off these days. Be that as an employee, be that as a self-employed person. I know for me, there's been times when I've battled through, even if I've not been feeling great. And that serves no one. Serves no one. I mean, let's think about it. Honestly, strip it down. Is the task we're doing ultimately that important in the grand scheme of things? Or is it just our ego having a field day? You need to have a rest for one day. Unless you're on an extremely time sensitive project, is it really going to make a difference if you do it the next bloody day? And do it a hell of a lot better because you're rested instead of sitting there for 15 hours staring at a computer for trying to figure out how to spell your bloody name. We've all been there, right? And that's the importance of self-care. You've got to take that time off. If you run your own business, do you really need to be chained to your desk 18 hours a day? Behave yourself. No, you bloody well don't. It's not sustainable. I don't care what anybody says about that. It is not sustainable. You will get a receipt. You're much better off balancing your time. For me, when I set up this business, I didn't do it to work 24-7. Screw that. If I wanted to do that, I'd go and work in a hotel. Why, why are you going to do that to yourself when you set up a business? I was always very clear self-care was something that needed to be taken into account. Be that going for a walk, having that time to have coffee, having that time to spend with family, having that time to go do yoga. Knowing, like, for example, the way my schedule is at the moment, people want to talk to me in the afternoons and the evenings. Nobody wants to talk to me in the morning. Okay, great. I don't set an alarm. I get up when I naturally get up. Oh, but what? What What do you mean you, you slept till eight? You're a business owner. You should have put in 15 hours and been on LinkedIn for five hours by then. You, you do what works for you. That doesn't work for me. And that's an important lesson in itself. You're going to see so much of advice on LinkedIn, in the business world, in self-help books, in motivational books, telling you you've got to do this. This is the only way. Get up at 5 a.m., have a kale smoothie. Have an ice bath, yada, yada, yada. Does that work for you? Does that fit with your family and your personal life? Do you have a business that requires you to be up at that time? Or are you working with people in different time zones? It's your business, your rules. But irrespective of what system you are putting in place make sure that you schedule your self-care time whatever that means for you and that doesn't mean okay well i'm just gonna have five minutes on facebook no maybe that's calms you down but you're still <laughs> you're still attached to your bloody screen get away from the screen get out go for a walk go be in nature go do some stretching go and have a little sing and a dance in the kitchen go and hang out with your kids Play with a dog, do a puzzle, whatever it is, make that time for yourself. You are the number one resource in your business, so make that a priority. Okay. And the third lesson is call in the troops. Running a business by yourself can be extremely lonely. 
being stuck in your head can be extremely lonely sometimes. This world can be extremely lonely sometimes. And contrary to popular opinion, we're not all mind readers. Yes, if we take the time and energy to really pay attention to people's body language, we would be able to determine that what they're saying is not the reality of what they're thinking and actually feeling. But we're all busy people. We've all got other things going on, and sometimes we don't see it. In fact, a lot of the time we don't see it, or we choose not to see it, whatever, whatever the case is. But as Bono once said, in a fabulous song, sometimes you can't make it on your own. And this is so true. We have this individualistic narrative that celebrates, I did it all by myself. It's, it's almost like a God complex. But did those people actually do it by themselves? There was no one around them. No family members, no partners, no colleagues, no trusted advisors, no mentors, no coaches, no therapists, no teachers, no role models, no inspirations. Bollocks. That's that cult of personality. I did it all myself. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Absolutely not. Nobody does it all themselves by virtue of the fact that you're on this planet. You did not do that yourself. So you got some help. You got some help to get here from the start. And then you were nurtured. Then you were brought up in the world. Then you went to school. There were people there that, that inspired you, taught you things. There were writers out in the world that wrote amazing things. Theorists, scientists, philosophers. that taught us so much. There were people that created computers that give you the tools to do things. We do not exist within a vacuum. We exist. We're part of a collective. And science and research continually, continually lets us know how much better we do when we are connected. And I'm not talking about bloody Wi-Fi there. I'm talking about being truly connected to other human beings or animals or the universe or the planet, but being truly connected. We're tribal creatures. We thrive when we are around other people. And yes, introverts, I'm talking to you as well. We all need people. And this is coming from a serial loner here. I enjoy being around people. I enjoy the company. I love intellectual debate. I love being able to riff about ideas. I love the interactions I have with students, with other teachers, with adults, with coaches and coaches, family members, friends, community members. We do better when we are together. And the one thing I've learned this year is there are times where you just need to say, I need some help. Now, I've done this before with regards to my mental health. 
But this year it was a lot more holistic. There were things that I needed, different levels of support that I needed. Different times when I needed to talk to different people. And in that moment, it was great to know that there were people that I could talk to in different situations. I could reach out to and say, look, I'm having a bit of a problem here with the business. I'm having a bit of a problem here with my personal situation. Can you give me a bit of advice regarding the financial situation? I'm not sure how to use this tool. Could you show me? And actually, you may have people around you that can give you that knowledge and advice for free or on a quid pro quo basis. Or you may need to call in, like I said, the troops. That could be paying for services, paying for coaching, paying for people with greater levels of expertise around a subject than you have. We often think, oh my God, that's expensive. But if you think about the time that it would take you to do a certain task. And sure, you'd be able to figure it out eventually. You know, I'm sure I'd be able to figure out computer programming eventually, but it's going to take me hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of time. Do I have that when I'm trying to run a business? Absolutely not. Is it my zone of genius? Absolutely bloody not. Then why the hell am I going to waste all that time, energy, effort, on a task that I know I could hire someone and get it done in a few hours. If you attribute a monetary value to your time, how much money have you spent trying to do it yourself? And I guarantee you it is more than you would have spent if you invested on an expert. And the result will be a lot bloody better as well, you stubborn old bugger. So reach out and get some support if you need I also find being part of networking groups helps there. Having a space where you can go and talk freely, openly, as yourself, where you don't have to say when you get the question, how's business? Oh, yeah, it's really good. No, it's not. I can tell by your body language and the way that you just said it and the fact that you didn't hold eye contact with anyone that business is anything but good. You know, having an environment where you actually feel comfortable to say, you know what, it's been a bit crap this last month. And there's been a few times in a few of the networks I've been when we've had some very open, some very vulnerable and very needed conversations by people where there was no judgment. It was like, look, I get it. I'm struggling too. We were able to share that experience. And then as a collective, we we're able to offer potential solutions. Mole support. The space to let someone vent. And this was very powerful. So don't think you have to do it by yourself. Which kind of leads me into the next point, which is to listen to your gut. And if you don't hear anything when you're listening to your gut, listen even bloody harder. There's just, what I mean by that is there's just so much advice out there. 
some of which is self-serving, some of which is one size fits all, some of it's very general, some of it is, well, who the fuck knows what it is. And I can guarantee that most of it isn't for you, but yet you will follow that advice anyway, because that's how you can make 10K a month. That's how you can go viral on social media. That's how you can be a successful influence or whatever stuff they're peddling. But my question to you is, is that what you want to have happen? Do you want those things? What is it that you want? If you see a program and you think, okay, this is good. This looks good. Oh, look at all these testimonials. Oh, everybody's doing it. So I better do it. I better follow the crowd. Stop, pause, take a beat, go for a walk and ask yourself, does this get me to where I need to be? Will it help me? Will this move the needle for me? Do I actually want the results they're telling me this program can get me? Does it align with me? Does this align with my values and my beliefs? Ask yourself those things. And pay very, very close attention to the answers when you ask yourself those things. Because that will give you the answers that you need. And if after listening and listening and listening to your gut, all else fails. And this links very much to my last point as well. Get yourself a trusted board of advisors on hand. Now, Ethan Cross talks about this in his book, Chatter. When he addresses negative self-chatter, rumination, our fact that humans have this uncanny ability to chase their tails better than any dog that's alive on this planet or has ever been alive on this planet. And what he meant by having a trusted board of advisors is, is very much like what I described a little bit earlier, is to have people on board, friends, colleagues, family, people in your network that are able to provide different levels of support. Those people that you can turn to when you just need to say life is shit. They'll just let you vent and then they'll give you a hug. There are those people that will be able to be able to give you much deeper levels of support when you are contemplating the problems in your life and business or maybe even your spiritual life. There'll be those that when you're faced with maybe an issue in your business about whether to invest in the program, Maybe you'll know some coaches around you that can ask you those deep questions and help you puzzle it out yourself to work the problem. Maybe you need those people when things are just getting a bit crap that you just need to pick up the phone and just go, can you just make me laugh? And then know that on the other side of that smile, there's an intelligence that you can work things through, but from a much lighter space. All the time you're doing that, keep paying attention to what's going on. 
How are you feeling when you're talking about these things? What's coming up? Are you feeling alive or are you feeling nervous? Is that nervous? Is it fear or excitement? Now, those two things can be very close together. You could be fearful about the potential result, but is there excitement about, well, what if it works? Pay attention. Listen. The answers are always there. And this is my fifth lesson. And know that you're a work in progress. I've always been guilty of thinking in a very black and white sense. I've recently been reading Why Has Nobody Told Me This Before by Dr. Julie Smith. And one of the chapters she explores is our thought patterns, our common thought patterns and biases. And one of those is overgeneralizations and a tendency to think in black and white ways. And I know I've always been guilty of that. I've always felt, well, if I don't do this, then I won't get that. Or I can only do this, which means I can't have that. So it's one or the other. It's never been, well, how about both? It's like being at an ice cream shop. You can have one scoop. You're looking at it and you like can't choose between the strawberry and the chocolate and then like okay well there's there's a cone over there that's got room for two scoops it's only 50p more can, can i have both and you know how that worked out when you were a kid dad mom would roll their eyes and go yeah go on then so it is possible to have both and that's one of the biggest lessons i've learned this year huge lesson massive lesson and as I was going through the various um, processes I've been going in, in the deep self-development work I've been doing, I've learned the ways that black and white thinking has sabotaged so much in my life. Because I was like, well, it can only be one, so I'm going to slam the door shut on that one and do that one. Now, going down that path could have easily led to the, the other option. It could have been a way to do both activity in a place. There was no need to go to that place because that's the only place I can do that activity and I'll never be able to do it again if I don't go to that place. Do you see how limiting that thought pattern can be? It's massively limited my growth, my opportunities in this world. And for me, realizing that earlier on this year and then thinking, you know what? I can do both. I can have a successful coaching practice and have a massive impact on students. I can do both. Either by coaching kids and young people, by running two separate businesses, by creating a completely different niche that involves coaching, potentially counseling or some sort of psychological help it can help with the inner child of the adult clients that I work, help clear out the stuff that they're feeling so that they can be present now. I can go and work with kids and help them learn the skills that would have solved a lot of the problems that the adults I'm working with are facing now regarding self-confidence when it comes to public speaking and videos. Now, for the, the past before, 
I had that realization. I was like, well, it's one or the other. I can't be both a teacher and a coach, which is ridiculous when you think about it. Because we're not all just single things. We all have multiple roles in this world. Parents, child, teachers, learners, community members, friends, partners, lovers, colleagues, boss. We're multiple things to multiple people. So it's totally possible. So set your compass. Be open to all that you are. And don't deviate from that because someone on the web told you to. What was my biggest mistake this last couple of years? Getting blinded to my truth. By things that I thought were important because I saw it on social media. But I'm also thankful for that because it's truly shown me my purpose and who I am. And it's brought me back to my why with new skills, a newer conviction, and more stories to tell. So you're a work in progress. Keep on working. There's always time to start again. There's always time to start for the first time. There's always time to course correct. There's always time to go back down the right path and go left instead. So on that note, that brings us to today's espresso shot of confidence for you, our awesome listeners. And I want to share this excerpt from Days at Morisaki Bookshop by Satoshi Yakisawa. It's a really cute story, really cute story about family connection set in Jinpacho in Tokyo, which is the famous used bookstore street in Tokyo. It's a fabulous place if you're into books. But let me just read this to you because I think it's really, really pertinent to the topic, to the topic today. So it's important to stand still sometimes. Think of it as a little rest in the long journey of your life. This is your harbour, and your boat is just dropping anchor here for a little while, and after you're well rested, you can set sail again. And in 2024, where will you set sail to? That's it for this episode, and that's it from an espresso shot of confidence for 2023. I'll be back in 2024 with many more new episodes, many more platters of thought, many more awesome guests sharing their wisdom. Thank you so much for listening, wherever you are in the universe. It means a lot, and I will be back. Thank you for listening, wherever you are in the universe. Make sure that you have a fabulous, truly awesome end to 2023. Here's to 2024. And as always, don't forget to be awesome.